Um, so I am a poet and performer um, from the UK. I'm currently based in Nottingham. Let's see, originally from Ghana, West Africa. I'm a youth poet from Hamilton, I'm Canada. I'm to a man from Zambia. Uh, I'm from Cardiff in Wales in the UK. In the United States, uh, specifically in Wisconsin. Brooklyn. I am a poet and writer from Texas originally in the States. And uh, I'm from, uh, of course, obviously from Nigeria. I'm from Texas in America. Hi, it's Hua, a spoken word artist and your host from Nigeria, West Africa. Spoken word is truth from broken pieces of our hearts that bleed from our pen to paper. Now I've searched for a platform to share my truth and finally decided to create this. Now I get to hear stories from different creative writers, speakers and authors from across the globe. We listen to their experiences and journey and what I've found out is that we're really not as different as we like to think we are. But the problem with rape isn't the fact that women are just it's because of it. they are rapists. Yes, rapists see, are the problem. That is it. Cover clothing for a girl. She's dressed okay. properly and she's walking outside. Mm-hmm. And imagine her something. dressed very exposed. Maybe she's wearing something very mm-hmm. short. Probably a bomb shot in a mini skirt and her boobs are exposed. In which of those situations will she likely get raped? Okay, but then statistics have proven that women who are dressed indecently are not the ones who have been raped. Because in countries like Pakistan and Iraq, where they're dressed in in hijab and whatever, and they're completely covered from head to toe, they still get raped and murdered. So, at the wrong time. When women get raped, you get asked, what were you doing at the dark corner alone? Or did you dress in a way that made him think that it was okay? Okay, calm down. If that is under your control, and you still decide to walk by that time, who is to blame? The person who raped you. Thank the you. Person the person who raped, raped you. It's not stupid. They also paint all men as potential rapists. And that's wrong. You understand? Which is wrong. Wow. Welcome to episode 22 of the Spoken World Podcast. This is actually episode 1 of season 2. And before I dive into the details of this episode, I want to thank everyone who supported me. My family, my friends, Special thanks to singer, songwriter, and producer of our new theme song, Boys Know They Smile by Mema Music. Links to his work will be posted in our show notes and website, so be sure to check that out. Major thanks to the graphic designer, William Rutherford, based in the UK. He designed a new logo for the Spoken World Guys, and it is amazing. Will Be Creative provides website design, branding, graphic design, and print. And I can probably say that William will go the extra, extra mile to make his clients happy. Now, back to today's topic. From the snippets you heard, you can probably guess that today we'll be talking about sexual harassment, rape culture, and consent. That might probably be too spontaneous as a first episode for season 2, but you know, in the recent events of people speaking out about sexual harassment, 
It made me want to talk about what we can do to avoid these things. Who really is to blame? Bringing light to the dangers of victim blame and ignorance and learning that society enables rape culture. Today we'll be joined by special guest Mike Demetrius, an expert on the culture of respect and mutual consent. He's the author of three books, one of which I'll be reading to kick off today's episode. Here's a snippet from his book, Can I Kiss You? Walk up to a person and say, before you kiss someone, do you ask first? How do you think the person is going to respond? First, you may hear the person laugh. You might notice the person looking at you with a you-must-be-kidding look on their face. Finally, the person will probably respond with, no way would I ask. Why doesn't everyone ask? Fear. Fear can be a strong factor in the choices people make. The dating fear factors below are the three reasons why people do not ask first before kissing or becoming intimate with another person. Rejection. Image destruction. Humiliation. Fear of rejection. When you avoid asking for a kiss, you are anticipating that a verbal rejection will be more humiliating than a rejection from just making your move. You fear that hearing the word no would be devastating to your confidence. Could that possibly be worse than the alternative? Perhaps not to you, but what about your date's feelings? Not asking can result in embarrassing and dangerous consequences. If you don't ask and just try your moves on someone, the person could push you away, slap you, turn away from you, or worse. All of these reactions are non-verbal forms of rejection. If you just try without asking, what do you do when the other person doesn't react? If you kiss someone and they do not respond in a negative manner, you might assume the person wants you to continue. However, the person may be too uncomfortable to speak out. The person may be worried about creating a difficult situation by negatively reacting to you. In the meantime, you think everything is going great. In reality, you are creating very uncomfortable circumstances. Listeners, let's say hello to Mike. Hello, Mike, and welcome to the Spoken World Podcast. It's such an honor to have you on. Well, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So tell us a bit about yourself. Well, I speak all over the world on consent and creating a culture of respect. The name of my organization is the Date Safe Project. And we've been doing this for going on three decades now. We work with everything from schools to universities to the military to companies and organizations. What um, influenced you to embark on this mission? Well, when I was just going into university, my first year in university, actually, it was second year, first day of my second year, I received a phone call from home from my mom, and I have three older sisters, and it was informing me that the youngest of my older sisters had been raped, and I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I was angry. I was confused. I was hurt. I was devastated. Uh, I was enraged, and over time... I would recognize that that anger wasn't going to take me anywhere and wasn't going to help the situation. And I heard a speaker 
And, and I was at university at the time and the speaker was at our university and I realized, wait, maybe I could do something about this like this speaker is. And I went to that speaker and learned about how to create a program and I created my own. And I was 20, 21 at the time and I started speaking in local schools and that's where it all began. That was back in 1990, 91. Wow. And then you started working towards the Date Safe Project. That's correct. The Date Safe Project we created down the road. So I started speaking just on my own for the first 10 years, decade. And then we created the Date Safe Project in 2003. Okay. So tell us more about the Date Safe Project. So the Date Safe Project, what we do is that's the, where we do the program. So organizations will call us at the Date Safe Project and they will ask us to come in and do a one hour, a two hour, a full day, or three days of training to help reduce sexual violence, build healthy relationships, reduce sexual harassment, or build a culture of respect. And that's really what we're all about, creating a culture of respect and consent. And we come in and create those, those programs for them. Now, we also have books, and we have DVDs, and we have posters. We even have clothes, fun clothes that send the message out there. So mm -hmm. it says, can I kiss you on the front? And then on the back, it says, do you ask? So these are really fun ways to get people thinking about creating that culture of respect and consent. What is the key message that you try to pass on and how exactly, like what means do you use to pass that message? Well, there's three key messages in our most popular program. The program we're most known for is called Can I Kiss You? Now in schools like sixth through 12th grade, younger children, the program's called Safer Choices. But in, for everybody else, it's called Can I Kiss You? And there's three main messages. One, is that nowadays we know that a lot of people use alcohol and other drugs to try to facilitate sexual activity. And they will often wait till a partner is incapacitated and out of sound mind. That's a sexual assault. We teach people how to stop that from happening when you see it being set up at a party or a bar or a club, how to intervene and stop that. Two, we teach how to support survivors of sexual assault so they can feel safer coming forward and sharing, so they can get the support they deserve. And then three, we teach people how to really live with consent throughout your life. So when you're in a relationship, when you're in a sexual experience with someone, make sure you're asking for what you want and for what they want and making sure you're respecting each other's boundaries, wants, desires, and needs, and not just trying to get what you want or feeling that you owe it to the other person. You don't. This should be a mutual experience. So tell, tell us, what is the biggest myth society has around asking first and consent? The biggest myth they have about asking is, is really there's a couple of them. One is that it's going to ruin the moment. Two is that you, this fear that if I ask, they could reject me. So one is fear of awkwardness ruining the moment. Two is fear of rejection. And we'll look at both of those separately. One, the idea that if I ask, it's going to ruin the moment or it's going to be awkward we have a, a sentence that we share with audiences all the time. Look, if you ask and it ruins the moment, you never had a moment to start with. <laughs> that means the person wasn't that into you. Look, if you look somebody in the eyes and say, I've had a great time tonight. I'd love to kiss you right now. May I kiss you? And they're like, ruined it. They, look, they weren't into you. That's just the truth. If they were really into you, they'd be like, yes, yes. I mean, that would feel awesome. So why wouldn't they say yes? Now, the other one, this idea that if I ask, they might say no. Think about how insane that is that I'm not going to ask them because they might say no. In other words, I'm not going to give them the option. I'm not going to give them the choice. That's really messed up. Doesn't your partner deserve a choice? Now, what people say, well, well, if I just go for it, they can push me away. They shouldn't have to physically remove you. 
Why don't you just give them a clear choice by asking and letting them say yes or no? And that's what consent's about. It's not just about getting a yes. It's about it being a mutual yes, that I want this and you want this. Not just that I got you to say yes. So where do parents come in in all of this? How, um, what would you say is the parental role uh, in trying to teach people about consent? <sighs> the parental role is critically important. And what's sad is that in many homes, there's no discussion of this. Children are mainly taught what not to do, but not how to. So parents say things like, you know, don't kiss someone, don't have sex until you're married. And we're not saying that that's a bad belief, but if you only teach kids what not to do, when they do choose to do it, even if they wait till marriage, they won't know how, they don't know how it works. They don't know what healthy relationships look like, what they feel like, what they sound like. So parents have to teach how to skills. You have to teach your kids how to declare their boundaries. Hey, here's what I'm comfortable with. Here's what I'm not comfortable with. What are you comfortable with? How to be able to use their words, how to make sure that they know no one has the right to guilt them into sexual activity, that this should be mutual, that regardless of their gender, they have rights. Inclusive of all genders, they have rights. Their identity, everyone has the same rights. It shouldn't matter what my gender is. And worldwide, that can be a battle. There are cultures that teach certain genders have the right to do certain things to you. And that's not mutual. That's not respecting all human beings equally. Mm. Just like when you were talking about how these practices vary worldwide. I'm Nigerian. Uh, I'm from West Africa. Until date, I still, you know, I have to argue with people about how women dress and the non-verbal consent because they believe that if you are dressed provocatively or in a certain way, you are giving permission for uh, men being forward. How do you address this notion when people start it up? Yeah. If a belief system is fair, is truly equal, then it would apply across all genders and identities. Why do some women dress in outfits that show more skin? For one reason, because they think they look good in that outfit and they have the right to look good. They have the right to feel good about themselves. Now, why do men dress up in a way that they do? Whether that's looking really sharp, because for men, the advertisements are to look, to have certain brands, right? Or to have the dressy, either the suit, the really sharp looking, or to have certain brands on. Why? Because they want the same thing. They want to look good. They want to be in. But here's the difference. They're both dressing for the exact same goal, but women are told, well, you give up your rights by how you dress. Men are told, well, you're more powerful by how you dress. That's, it does, that's not equal. Therefore, it's not healthy. If you're going to say, I believe that everybody deserves to be treated with dignity and respect, then clothing should have no impact on how I treat you. If somebody walks down the street naked, I don't have the right to go up and touch them. I don't. So if you put a little bit of clothes on them, I still don't have the right to be inappropriate, to be sexually advancing on them. The human being deserves dignity and respect regardless of what they wear or what they say. You said that you as an educator, you also teach children from age six, if I'm correct. And then you also teach uh, people in the workplace. How do you, because of, of course you won't say everything. How do you... What's the difference between teaching those little ones and the ones that are older? How do you deal with teaching people of varying ages, if I could say that? So we do teach parents how to talk to their younger children, but our specific work 
at the Date Safe Project is typically we're working with in the United States grade levels, what's called fifth grade. That can be everything from 10 year olds and then it can be everything to 70 year olds. So that's usually our age range. And so there's a drastic difference in how we have those conversations. Let's say I'm talking to a 10 year old. I'm going to say, hey, are people dating in school? And they'll say yes. Like, you know, Jordan likes Aaron, that kind of a thing. And they're going out in fifth or sixth grade. And you go, well, what does that mean? And some of them will be like, oh, it just means they like each other. But some of them will say, oh, no, they're kissing and they're trying other stuff too. Oh, so we actually have a very serious situation potentially between two 12-year-olds. And they're like, well, yeah, they see stuff on videos or online and they're trying it. All right, well, then now we have a very dangerous situation. We need to teach them whether they're ready for that, uh, how to make sure they're not being pressured in that by another partner, and that, that they need to know that's not legal. In the United States, that's not legal. You cannot give your consent, your agreement to that. And so we need to give them their rights. That's what we're going to do at that age, teach them their rights, right? And what's legal, what's not legal, and then teach them what healthy relationships look like and what they don't look like. So as they get older and they are able to, they have more skills to acknowledge unhealthy, healthy. Now, let's say I'm instead talking to a bunch of 40-year-olds. Half the audience is married. Half the audience has been divorced or not married. That's going to be a very different conversation. Now we're talking about sex. We're openly discussing how do you know if your partner wants to have sex? How do you know what they want, what they don't want? Well, you ask, what would you love to do in bed tonight? And people are like, oh my gosh, I've never asked my partner a question like that. Yeah, isn't that a shame? Shouldn't that be a natural? If you're that sexually active, you're telling me you're engaging in sex that you've never talked about. And when you say that out loud, people are like, "That that is messed up. Why wouldn't we have talked about it? So what you're doing is you're helping people have revelations of their own, their own discoveries of, wow, yeah, I deserve to be having that conversation. So does my partner. It must be really difficult. Well, if I was to judge, it must be pretty difficult talking about issues people do not want to talk about. So tell me, what has been the most difficult thing for you to do as an educator of sexual assault and mutual consent? Well, you know, the, there's not one that's been most difficult to do. Like people ask me all the time, who's the most difficult audience? Is it the younger kids? Is it the older? Is it military? Is it colleges? Is it corporations? And my biggest challenge is when I walk on that stage, when I walk into that room, overcoming the barriers the audience already has in their mind about what I'm going to say. Due to what's happening in the media, due to what's happening around the world in the news, People have a perception on these topics, and it's a lot of people have negative ones. They think I'm going to walk in and tell them what not to do, and I'm the opposite. I'm going to teach them what to look for, what to do in their lives, how to care about others, how to treat each other with dignity and respect, and we're going to have fun because how to do something is fun. How not to do something is usually not fun. We want it to be fun. Look, we want you to look out for other human beings. That should be fun. Now, when things go wrong, we're going to give you the serious side of how to handle that and be there for people. And that's not about fun. That's about being loving and caring when those moments are needed. And so that's really the challenge is understanding the room you go into, what are the barriers they already have in their mind that they assume I'm going to say, and how do we get past those right away? I do that through interaction and humor. I get the audience, I get a few people from the audience up immediately on stage with me. And we have fun about normal things and relationships we can all agree on and talk about. And everybody's laughing. And once we're laughing, 
we can have a conversation we might not have had prior. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that experience with us. Um, if our listeners were to go home with one message from all this, what would that be? The one message would be, how am I asking for what I want, don't want, and what my partner wants and doesn't want? And then here's the key. How am I respecting the answer? So what I mean by that is if you're listening to this and you think, I'm going to go back and ask my partner, what would you like us to do? And if they name things I don't want to do, I'm not going to feel guilty over that. I'm going to say, okay, I'm not comfortable with that. I don't want to do that or I don't like that. Whatever your answer is, what else would you like to do? I'm not going to feel shame that I want to try certain things. I'm not going to feel shame that I don't want to try certain things. I know that I have the right to those choices and so does my partner. So if they say uh, that, that they don't want to do something I want to do, I need to respect that too. Like if they're not in the mood, I need to respect that. Not try to go, are you sure? I thought you loved me. Not playing those games. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Mike. It's been such fun having you on. Oh, thanks for having me on. See you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. After that phone conversation with Mike, I went on to have a sit down with my friends about rape culture, especially in Nigeria. Hey, I'm your new host on The Spoken Word and my name is Daisy. Hey, I'm Sean and you're listening to The Spoken World. Hey, it's AJ and you're listening to The Spoken World. I feel like when we are going to discuss about sexual harassment or consent and everything, mm. usually we always have a double standard when it comes to issues of sexual harassment. Like, first off, like I, I'm not going to like reduce the level at which women are raped or women are sexually abused, but we also have to bear in mind that men can be sexually abused as well. Mm. Men can be shamed when they say no, and men are also capable of being victims of sexual abuse. Okay, now we also need to talk about how we are going to educate people on this this mentality that it's how you're dressed, it's the way you walk, it's who you talk to, it's where you are yeah. that encourages rape. Yeah, that, that I feel of, like that's a very dumb reason when it comes to rape. Like, it's the dumbest thing. What causes rape is rape, rapists. Rapists cause rape. Rapists cause rape. What it's, enables rapists in the first place? A what, society. What en- en- enables violence? Okay, what enables violence? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. society that actually enables rapists mm-hmm. to talk. Do you understand what I mean? You yeah. don't get it. No. This is the thing. What you guys were saying earlier. Girl comes to visit guy. Girl doesn't want to have sex. <laughs> She's there till say 8, 9, 10 in night. And the guy now makes moves on her. She says no. But if she once if anything happens or doesn't happen, once she goes out there and relates her story to people, people will be like, You are a guy's house around mm-hmm. eight, mm-hmm. nine, ten. Her fellow girls and guys too. Mm-hmm. People will say such things. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? That's yeah. why I said it's society. And ex- a- another example is the one of the girl who got raped in um UI and had a video posted all around social media. Whoa. Exactly. I... So she apparently they liked her, she was a next door neighbor, and they're like, Let's go out. And they take her out and they buy her stuff. And she's like, oh, okay, now they see me as one of the guys because she comes around them and wears sweats and stuff and just watches movies. And then she's leaving and they're like, four guys. And they're like, why? So we buy you something and you will not do anything. And she's like, I, I didn't see anything. I didn't see this evening heading that way. 
and she's like, of course, if not, but you can collect money from us. And they tie her down, rape her, and record it and put it on the internet just to show. Just they know that nothing will happen to them. Mm-hmm. Nothing will happen sure. to them in a society like this. All people will say and call it, oh, it's scandalous. But then that's the end, and she's tarnished forever. Mm-hmm. And just yeah. what's going on in society? I don't understand. But like, the thing is, those those actions, those very actions that these people do. Mm-hmm. Still raise awareness. You raise awareness, but raise awareness. awareness for what? Okay, we know That's that people thing. are raping other people. We know that people are forcing, and then they are blaming the victims. This, That's the exactly. thing. That's the thing. I feel somebody. How do I put it? Let me put it this way. See, this was this is twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. but what what I feel is this. I was reading about. I was reading a book about like generation z like our generation mm-hmm. and i was like we're yeah, not already millennials we're not millennials we're not we're not millennials people younger but than us people people older than us are millennials, millennials. they were what? the ones that became that's the thing they were the ones our that parents became, are millennials no, <laughs> our, parents, our parents are generation x people the people after them are generation um the gen y that's the millennials then we we are Gen Z. The, like, we're running out of letters. The entire yeah. internet is using that word. Millennials. Wrong. Millennials. Millennials are um, those who were born in two thousand. No, in the eighties, and what? they became young adults in two thousands. Oh, you get? Shit. They became young adults. Like oh they, they were entering into their maturity. So Britney Spears is millennial. They are millennials. So we are Gen Z. <laughs> Yeah. We are generation Z people that were born from 1994 who grew up with the internet, who are te- technologically advanced, yeah. constantly on social media, can, can be on their phone and be doing their assignments and listening to music and doing all sorts of things yeah. at the same time. That and kind of thing. They don't. Yeah. They don't value the necessity they to pour water before pour you drink water. it. Like, and they have this entrepreneurial spirit. Do you understand? This our generation. This is Gen Z, and the thing is, we are the ones that are going to create. How like we're the ones that are going to shape how the twenty first century is going to look like. Mm. Do you understand? So I feel even when someone like what he said, someone comes and rapes a girl and puts this on social media, a lot of there will be a lot of backlash from that. People will see people be like, "What was the girl looking for?" But you think it still creates awareness in the end, like something is definitely wrong with what they did. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like generally, people are going to be like. There is no self-respecting person that will see a girl being violated online. It's not porn. Do you get and be like, oh, yeah, what they are doing is nice. They should have, yeah, big ups. You guys, well done. Do you understand? That's what I'm saying. So even if people don't speak about it, it still raises awareness. It's this very time, 2018, a lot of people are coming up on Twitter and social media talking about their stories. Me too. Men, time's up and everything. And like... There's no time in history that we've had that huge upheaval, and I'm sure that definitely the sexual freedom revolution. Even that wasn't as massive as me too. It yeah, it was massive at that time. At that time, but compared to the power, like compared to the power that like it's actually more global. Jonas, and this is global, like it's reaching everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I feel like more upheavals like this would happen as time goes on. Okay, so bringing it back to just local, let's say you're walking down the street. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes, yeah, my roommate choosing, for instance, whenever we're walking down, let's say just... We have to be very careful because of how guys stare. And when people feel like it's okay to come stop you, not say hi. Because I know that when someone, some people do have the courage to just wave and be like, Hey, how far? I like your shirt or whatever. You wave back and say thank you. No, I mean they will stop you. 
feeling that they have the right to talk to they them. are entitled yes. to talk to you it happened with me and Daisy three like, days ago you know there was, was one time we were about like walking once we just saw a bunch of guys there we knew oh these guys are going to stop us we turn Can we you, have to sacrifice take a longer route she did that yesterday and then turn I and Dami were coming back home and on our way back home, Daisy could not pass the same street we wanted to pass because of wireless. Because there was one guy in particular sick. she was avoiding. And then why? And why are you avoiding? This because is because she was interested <laughs> in her. <laughs> and she ago, told him three days ago. We're no. going to, last week we we're going to see a movie, and he sees me for the first time this year. And he's like, "What's up? What's up? That's your friend. Mm-hmm. I like her." I'm like, "Which one? The tall, um, slim one with her?" I'm like, "Okay." And he goes, tell I like I'm fat. My heart loves her pissesly or whatever. Scatter pisses. Scatterly. Scatterly. <laughs> I don't oh my God, he used those words. Um, um, uh, I love you. <laughs> He's wow. that kind of guy. He's that kind of guy. And then I was like, okay, I will talk to her. You know, just to like, because we're so eager to see the movie. And we're, we're running late. And then he goes, no, you have to tell her. In fact, give me her number. Her phone got stolen, I said very honestly. And then he was like, give me your number. And I'm like, okay. But then I missed out eight digits. Yeah. But then I was like, okay, he's going to try and call me on the spot. So I gave him the entire number. Then he called me. He was like, I will call you. And you give her the phone at home. And I'm like, what makes you think you are entitled to such privilege? Like, I just pass on somebody to you. Exactly. What, what is that? that? And then, and then on, we're coming back. He now stops her. He now starts. I'm just like, I can't. Then I just start going home. That's like when, when I was coming back from doing my hair. And he follows me into the compound. Mm-hmm. Yes, he Ooh. follows me into the compound to a mom's window, and then he goes all his confession starts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I was his watching a movie starts. and I had to stop the movie because it wasn't as interesting as what I was hearing outside. He was <laughs> like, "Oh, I love you." And once a man has made a decision that this is what he wants, oh, he God. has to get it. Jesus. But I was like. I'm not interested. He's like, you're in your final year. You should be looking at, you know. I'm like, oh yes, and then there's also those kind of laws. Yes. yes. So yes. he's like, you're a woman. You're in your final year. You're so you're going to be done with school. Your life will be ending soon. So get married, Jesus. and you know. So I'm like, I'm not interested in this with you <laughs> or anyone else. So he's like, but just think about it. You know, once a man has decided, he kept repeating that. Once over a man has decided that this is what he wants, so. He just says that I'm a guy. I'm approaching you. I want to. You should be honored. Yeah. You, you should, should be, be like, yes, let's do this. Let's. Then I can imagine a situation like this now. I go out with him, and then something happens. Let's say in this case now we're talking about rape now. Something happens, and then it becomes a situation of why did you go out with him in the first place? Then I'm like, he was putting pressure on me. Like, let's go out. Let's go out. Nobody would listen to things like that. Nobody would say he was stalking you or making you pass other streets or having you. Yeah, no one would consider the fact that you actually put preventive measures, just like what he was talking about before. You should have sense. You should have sense. Nobody would consider that. So I don't think. Can I give an example now? Last year, and we were getting something at the counter, and this middle-aged, rugged-looking piece of disposable trash just comes and puts his arm around MJ. And she turns because she thought it was me. And then she like tries to hug him back. And then she just sees what it is and she's like, what? She's like, what's going on? And he's like, yes, over here in the baby kingdom of a prince and every woman walking the surface of the earth is mine. I own. I, I own. own. I, 
I'm and serious. Then, and then like, Sean, should I slap? And I'm like, I did it. I'm serious. I'm serious. I was there. I was like, what? It I, I, was so. It was shocking. Like she was vibrating. And like and the fact that the fact he, that she dared he said, to, he, he started said, to point her out to his friends. Yes. That did that. So they started that shaming her. The entertainment of the patriarchy shocks me. They have this attitude where they approach you, then when you say no. They try to you. shame you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's like. And then he started saying stuff like, "But all these nonsense young boys on the street, you people are the ones fucking them. What are you saying?" Oh my gosh, I don't like you. I don't like you. <laughs> it's not about being strange and some friends. No, honestly, I I feel like okay, me, me, I'm a guy, mm-hmm. and I know how it feels to purposely avoid a person mm-hmm. like a girl, a girl that was all on me, and I was like, no, as in. Do you know the amount of stress you have to to not pick somebody else? Didn't somebody's phone call. Go out once, like pretend to leave, go out, actually go I'm out. I'm serious. I had somewhere. to pick, like I had to tell my friends, please call me and say we're going out, so that she could leave my place. <laughs> That's how bad. Because I was like, now to think of it as a girl who has to do it every single day, day every, every day. Every so, no, at least you even knew the chick. You knew her, right? Yeah. You knew the girl. These are strangers. people you, you, we don't you know. know. You have no idea who they are. Exactly. Then they come to you and they're like. Hey baby, what's up? Okay, you're like, um, I'm fine. Because if you're going to be like, let's go out. This uh, Naomi and I <laughs> went to have um dinner last night. The pasta. At, yeah, um, we went to have house. pasta at film house. And then these guys come up like when we're done eating and we're just talking and chilling. They come and like, hey, can we take a seat? And they're like, okay, no problem. They sit and they're like, hey, how are you doing? We're fine. What's your name? We introduce ourselves and then you're like, okay, so um, we're new here. We're just checking out the place. We're like, hmm, okay. So they're like, <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, um, we would like to take you guys clubbing. And you know that's Note, no, note, we do that's not hiring. know each other. Yeah. You, you don't know your, your names. We don't know you from anywhere. So he's like, um, we would like to take you cl- um, clubbing and I'm like, no, we'd rather just go home, like, you know, having quiet 19. Then they're like, huh, okay, now, no problem. Then they go. Then they come back and, you know, ask for numbers because, you know, obviously that was not in their mind. I'm in sorry, space. you guys are so, in a film house. Why didn't you just say, oh, after this, let's go watch a movie? Practically, that's like the most sensible thing. And it's, this yeah, they want to take you to the other side of Benin. Yes. So that they can pump you through with alcohol and disorient your mind. Which is what that guy was talking about. If you have to change the person's mindset or alter how they usually would think, you are trying to rape them. That was what Famous was talking about when I was talking about those barbers now. That they were talking about how they intoxicated a girl and then each of them two Two turns. You understand? And they are all like, oh, it's fine because she she was okay, she consented. No, she didn't consent. She, she was, was even, even that thing, even that thing, like when you go out, don't keep your drink alone. This happened to me in my hostel. They had a hostel party and somebody broke a bulb in the corridor, which I think maybe might have even been staged. I left my drink on the table. I go try to fix the bulb because I had an extra bulb in my room. I tried to fix the bulb. I come back, the drink is still there. And I drink it, and I'm not a lightweight. Mm-hmm. I only took like one sip before I dropped it. I drink it, and I'm legit crawling on the floor to get to my room. Oh. That's how gone I was. All my neighbors were like, they had to cancel the party because somebody is in there doing, doing something. Drinks. And so a, a woman, like the girl neighbor, was like, "What happened to you was so wrong." But I'm just very 
thankful that it happened to you, a guy, and not a girl, and not a so girl. That does make sense. You understand? Like it happened to you, a guy. Because when I drank just a sip, because I was part of the people serving and trying to, I took a sip and I'm gone. Like it's gone. Like I'm, I'm about to pass out. I'm mm. going to be on the floor, and I couldn't get to my room. This is somewhere I can walk anytime and not think. But I'm making an effort to crawl on my hands and on my knees to get to my room. And this is my compound. I'm supposed to feel safe in my yeah, compound. Exactly. I'm having a party. You invite people to your compound. And then they do that. And I'm like... The fact that, you, you know, you had um, female... Uh, you had yes. girls that were there that were actually in their own compound and they also have to watch people, themselves some people else, in their own other compound other people were meant to have that, that, that drink probably yeah, yeah. yeah. they probably didn't was, think you it was me oh true they probably thought it was somebody else maybe maybe I might have dropped my drink maybe a female neighbor might have dropped mm-hmm. and then they took it they didn't know which cup was which so they just assumed okay it feels like it's her cup they drop whatever they want to drop she takes or maybe they even dropped in hers and she switched with my uh, with my own i don't know but at that point i really now got it how it feels to go out and be extra careful like exceedingly careful oh i cannot sit down this way i have to cross my legs i have to put my legs like this i can't wear the shoe in case i need to run i need to do this i need to do that it's you know, so much stress you know as a girl they tell you things like oh you should go out more you should go out more you should go out more you finally do go out more people find out that okay you don't drink as much oh we find that like, girls who yes. can hold their liquor are sexy you try to you know to do have a few drinks like the rest of the guys something happened oh my god she's a slut she's a hoe she knew what, what was she, she was doing exactly why was she having so why was she drinks? why was she drinking and blah 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 you understand? And then people find offensive when you say, I'm only going to go to that party if I bring someone with me. Society has become so, like, twisted. Like, they just, the they just, like, mess. yeah. They just find it's a way immense. to turn things around. To like, demonize a particular yes. gender or no, race no, no, or something. No, 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 I think the problem is that we have allowed guys to feel that it's okay to objectify women. women. Yes. And some ladies we still have it. this mentality we, even without them knowing. The first time I have the mentality that men always want to have sex. That is like, another that dangerous comment when women that's, say that's that dangerous you cannot thought. afford me. You are not a piece of property. Exactly. Okay, so there's this guy. Practically, like we have each other's numbers, mm-hmm. but we don't talk. Like it's just okay. I see your status. You see my status. That's all. So, um, we meet at main gate, and then he's. I'm coming back. And he's like, oh, follow me to withdraw, then we can return back together. I'm like, oh, okay, no problem. Because, you know, I have nothing I'm doing in my life. So we go, he withdraws, we talk, 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 we come back out. And then he tells me this story about his going to going to BIU, that she follow him to BIU to go and do whatever. And then we can spend the night. I'm like, no, <laughs> I have things I'm doing. You practically just met me at main gates, going back home. Why would you just think that I have nothing that I'm doing? With him. So he's like, okay then, no problem. Then he asked me, do you want something to eat? I'm like, I'm not hungry. Then he's like, okay, let me get you something from Nadia. So we go to Nadia, I get something. He's like, let me walk you home. No problem, walk me home. So he walks me home and he comes in, like enters into my house. Nobody's around, obviously, so and then he sits he makes himself com- he makes himself um comfortable and he's just chilling mm-hmm. then all of a sudden he starts trying to touch me like touching my leg getting too handsy and i'm like you're here doesn't mean that you do anything with me you're not he's like 
but you know who I am, the kind of person. He basically expected that I should throw myself at his feet. Was he even cute? No. So, like, even if you're cute, that doesn't give you the right to do trash. Narcissism is ugly. So even if you're, you're it doesn't you're like, give you the right to no. do trashy things. So he, then he just goes on talking, 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 talking. And I have this friend I'm supposed to meet by, let's say seven. So the friend calls me and he's like, "Hey, what's up? I was still meeting." So I'm like, "Okay, yeah, let's meet." Then I tell him, "I'm going out. You can leave." So he's like, "That's rude. That who am I going to meet?" So I'm like, I'm going My to own meet, house. I'm going to meet a friend. It's none of your business. He was like a guy or a girl. I was like a guy. It's none of your business. Then he's like, probably he like mumbles it and he's like, probably that guy is giving you money. That's why you're leaving me. So I was like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. So you think the only reason why I would leave my house or leave you is because that person is paying me to do so? He was like, if it's money, I can give you money. That why would I not stay with him? So I'm like, no. That he should like get out of my house then he's like no then he goes on this entire begging spree it was like an on and off situation he would beg then he would go back then he would beg then he would go back then i was like give me your card then he's like what i'm like give me your card if you call me the kind of person that will be with you for money give me your card i want to go shopping then he's like are you serious i'm like yes give me your card since i like money so much i want to spend your money give me your card then he's like why would I go? Why am I taking it so far? Don't take Broke it so far. Ass. So I'm like, oh, so you don't have the money to give me and you want me to stay with you. Considering what you see me as, mm -hmm. you should know that I have to have money in my hand for me to be with you. <laughs> so give me your card then I can go shopping. Then I will stay with you. So he's like, no, nice. Nah. So I'm like, okay, bye. Go. The door. So I walk him out. And then he's like, so are you seriously doing... I was like, give me... If you want to start this conversation, give me your card. <laughs> if we are going to talk, just card. Then he's like, I shouldn't do like this now. That I should just... Uh, let's see reason. Let's see reason. Then that's over. Because obviously he goes home. I meet him some week this year. That's like... That happened last year. I meet him this year again at Main Gate. Coming out. Then he's like... Um, he meets again and he's like, I should follow him to withdraw. It's like the scene is just Seems replaying cycle. again. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, no, I have something I'm doing. Then he's like, that night I came over to your place. You were just, you left me for a guy. Don't worry, I forgive you. I'm like, stop, wait. You forgive me? You come into my house, you insinuate that I'm a prostitute. I don't know you, you want to have sex with me. And now you are forgiving me. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? So, she, <laughs> so I was like, just because you know some guys, yes, because whenever whenever he sees you, he tries to make this entire light of he's so busy. Oh, he has this to do. He's doing this. So you should some, be so, so happy. So he should be entirely that he's making time to stand. He was like, I took time out of my calendar. I was like, if you had things to actually important things to do, if you had important <laughs> things to be doing, you wouldn't be throwing them all out. Just to spend the night with me. Do you know another thing that makes him feel so entitled and so powerful? Also, some of the girls he has met. Yes, that exactly. Make it seem that seem it's like, exactly. Yeah. They make all girls so are that way. Whenever he sees, exactly. that, okay he sees someone do that, that that doesn't throw themselves at his feet, he's like, they become a conquest. They become a conquest. Actually, he's like, he's like, why would you not? Then, normally, I've blocked his number from calling me or texting me or anything. Then he's like, give me your number. 
I'm very easy to like I can easily detach myself from people <laughs> so I don't find the need to keep up ties that are useless so he's like so you mean the tie that we had was useless I'm like, no tie, I was like Ain't no tie, you, are, you are entitled you can't come and be like because of who I am I should sleep with you you called me prostitute and you don't want to give me your card <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, let's let's That's so twisted. Let's move to the workplace now. I'm very um, when when I work with clients, and they tell me to either give them content or do a um, a voiceover for them or something like that, I notice the the Bravado. the flirting. Thank nature, you. The flirtatious. How yeah. they start to pitch in little things, and um, and if I start to ignore them, thinking that okay, I'm respecting him enough, and I'm also trying to ignore to send some sort of signals, they give a stronger one. They give him yeah. a, 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 a stronger punchline. They push harder. You know, it, it it goes from oh, so how are you today? It it seems polite enough. Yeah. Oh, I'm so fine, what are you fine. wearing? So I, then it goes to so what are you wearing? I ignore it. I move to the next thing. You understand? And you go. Are you wearing pajamas? I've ignored you. I'm moving towards. This is our business. Do you, do are you, you wearing pajamas? That silence and ignorance is 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 it's, it's, already, it's already an it's already a no. Stop. It's a no. It's the same even even in the workplace. Like in in I um in like an organization, women who are working, they find it so difficult sometimes with their male, male bosses, yeah. their male counterparts. Like having a even just try to be sometimes they, they are respectful other times it's so difficult and it makes it so uncomfortable for you even in schools even in schools your lecturer your lecturer one, one of one of my friends your, one lecturer your project one, supervisors one, you understand one. your primary school teachers people who feel yeah. like it's okay they have a right to because they are higher than you are in whatever he once made, um, a classmate of mine he teacher why is your butt big we're shooting the class. She's supposed to leave her what? big butt at home at and take her schoolwork. <laughs> to, 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 to like, class. Okay, Monday and then, ass. I know, I know, like, why is your ass big? And then, you know, never said, see a lecturer. Even he though they have problems, they will never do that. Because if you do that, you you are the problem. Mm-hmm. Why did you go why see a lecturer? You, him? you understand? No one wants why to did you show no, yourself to him. No one wants to consider the fact that I had an absent case. I'm trying to clear it up, or um, I wasn't able to register this course, so, or I had some sort of complication. No one wants to hear that. You understand? No, there are certain lecturers that will give you one kind. Eye. A lot of people dodge, like they dodge these people. At the end, they will still be able to pull you somewhere, and there's no proper. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing to make in, my friend fail if she didn't sleep with him. For an example, and she has carried over that person three times. And see, that is something that happens every day. It does. We all know about it. It does. Male lecturers like picking on female students. Yeah, it does happen. And the funny thing is that I realized later on that sexual harassment could not necessarily mean you ripping her clothes off. She may not even say anything. Once you give the girl the impression that sex is a requirement for what she's going to get That's harassment Even if she doesn't want to do it but she feels like she has to do it to get what she wants Because there are some girls that are very very desperate One one friend of mine was like This guy she had failed the course First year, second year, third year And in law you, you failed in final year You are not going to law school And it just the idea of She didn't want to do it but at that point, she thought about it. How will I waste five years? And I won't go to law school. And she's a really smart girl. She has A's. What I was even thinking was that if the university sees it's like, wait, this girl is having A's and B's. How does they she do still have an F for a 100 level course? Mm-hmm. 
they don't something is going on you understand but she kept failing down one course she had issues like to the point where she didn't even count the course as part of her course load like whenever she's seen her results she just knows at the carryover path there's that f there she's looking at the rest but she's in her final year she doesn't know what to do and then she finally just said you know what she'll be sex i will close my eyes i will get drunk hopefully it will be over he'll give me my c or my d i get to leave he gave my d Wow! There are some you lecturers that will give you D. an F after, after that. I swear to God, the lecturers in my he gave her a D because he said she waited for so long. Like if he had, if she had done it in hundred level, she would have gotten like a two hundred level B, three hundred level C. But <laughs> now she's in four hundred level. I'll be fine now here. But she doesn't want to feel that because he's nice. But that was the time when E was there, so he gave her a D, and then she left. And then I was like, and I I asked her, do you feel guilty? She felt. She said she felt dirty you understand like the kind of dirt that is inside you that you just can't no amount of showers can take it off she just felt and then she felt sad she felt bad she and felt guilty she, she felt shamed but she had a good grade she ended up still graduating with a really good i think magna cum laude that's two one but she's like at that point i was like ah oh, that that's rape and she's like she knows but i wanted to say something about the workplace thing okay, okay. Mm. this is the thing um there's a friend of mine that was in that was in um, finals when I was in hundred level, mm-hmm. and he was like, his experience since he got into the labor market has been thus. Like he has noticed that bosses tend to put a lot of pressure on like his female coworkers to have sex. Like they, they literally have sex in their offices, mm-hmm. like consistently. In so Nigeria. In Nigeria, yes. So well, the girls are actually kind of proud of doing things like that. Oh, uh, another, another. Like, like competition to climb the ladder. Like competition to climb that ladder, like to, yeah, I understand. to present themselves to the boss and stuff like that. The way they dress, the way they talk That's to sad. them and stuff like that. That's very And it's like, it's it's really, really, really weird. There was this girl that I asked. I had to ask her like, come, do you actually enjoy this stuff? She's like, it's not a matter of enjoyment. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of I need this done. He can get this done for so me. Do. But the funniest thing is that it's also it's how you brainwash your daughter. If you tell your daughter you are worth more, you are good. Some fathers, eh, they love their daughters. They really do. But then it gets to a point where their daughters get to that age that you just see their daughters as people that are supposed to marry. That's it. Like they see their daughters as why am I spending so much money on her? She's just going to marry. Exactly. And give you know, like that. This is the thing. It's probably what I'm trying. To, I'm trying to say here now. The problem we have here in Nigeria, things are being local now, is first of all, I feel feminism hasn't really helped much here. Mm, because let's let, let, let's be realistic. Mm. Feminism hasn't really helped much here because one, there is no framework for it to work within. Yes. There is and the, the population is Ill, generally illiterate. Yes. Yes. So, so that's sentimental and a very very deep attachment to stupid traditions. You, so you hear students, things like students. I've heard people say about their daughters like ah don't worry now very soon all this wants to reach eighteen and you just can't one minute one minute one minute over children oh, children. So so, so that's what are you wearing pigs? So so let I'm saying let's compare Nigeria to the West now. Let's compare this side to the West. We have times up me to. Um, um, yes, all women, which actually happened, I think, in twenty fourteen. Women's March. Women's March that happened when Trump became president. These kind of things happening. Those things, the Women's March against Trump, and everything he stands for. Times up. Me too. Yes, all women. All these things could only happen because, first of all, 
generally, let's let's just say over half or a very very large percentage of the population in the West is actually educated. One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then secondly, there is security and the legal framework for these things to actually happen, for this awareness to actually be raised. In the places where it happens. In the places where it's happening. Yeah. Look at this Yaba Women's March now. Women were complaining I didn't that know when about they, it. I was yes, I went like, there when they when they go to when they go to markets like Oh, they want to buy clothes or buy shoes. As they're just passing, a guy is just grabbing their butt, Grab grabbing yes. their breasts. I'm not kidding. Yes, yes, like, even when they're not buying something. Come, 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 my Yaba is Dizzy. bad. Yaba, Dizzy. See, you see this? Who has a corridor? Call it, this corridor. Yeah. That's how tight some of these market spaces are. Most. 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 Of it. It's like a, so it's when, like a very slim corridor. Um, corridor you, just, you don't have any choice. Like, you have to like, navigate through people. and so. You just get grabbed and go. Even guys get grabbed. I get go. grabbed. Touch your face. Women, some women, even men that are not even selling any words, just slap women's butts and say, that one tight. For no reason. And the problem, the problem now with this thing is, during the Yaba Women's March, women went to march there. They came with police. They came with all these things. And some men, st- even the police were like, Hey, what's our business? Exactly. They are doing their match. That's exactly. not our business. And like, it's, like not, it's nothing. It's they, nothing. Just want to make they just want to come and protest. Let them protest. That was what the, pol- the police just stood around and didn't do anything. The only thing they were there in case like real violence broke mm-hmm. loose. But as women were marching and stuff, they were still getting grouped. They were. In the and very the police middle were of there it. doing nothing. Like, like that's that's the thing is like it's a very deep rooted thing, mm-hmm. very 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 deep rooted, and it's deep because a lot of the traditions that we have gradually they are they are going away, but not fast, but enough. not fast enough. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Sha, they also do this thing where they would not want to respect you unless you are with somebody. Yeah, that's why they constantly ask now your babe. Then your babe, that's what I'm saying. Propertizing because if all it's not, time. if it's not your babe, how can you commercialize a person respect. for God's sake? That's how. Oh, you have that hundred level um party we went to. That I told you, don't tell them you are my guy. Tell them you are my brother. Yeah. Do you remember? So what happened was because we were hundred level students, we went for a party. They said, oh yes, they said because. She, they thought she was my Hold babe on, let me, let me my fin- potential babe then we are all sharing let here. me finish telling the story now what is that? so we, we we go for the party and i see all these girls lining up on the wall so i'm like ah, what's going on why are all these girls on the wall so i come in and the guy now goes hey how far says hi to him then turns all his attention to me that hey how far are you 100 are you 100 level i'm like yes go okay now let's say i'm like ah, i don't understand go where omar holds me and says no don't tell i say ah why is she is she your babe he now nods i said ah bros you understand what you know we are, it's all for sharing share what it's and i go that's my brother and he goes oh okay guys sorry oh this this, this then leaves me alone i'm telling you that was in my, so the, oh, my first year in school so did they end up sharing them no, no, no the girls were on the wall the, oh, the because they were trying to, to avoid them. Oh, so no one could touch them. Yes, so they had to go stay on the wall. And then you now realize that the, the girls on the walls were actually in the hostel. Like they are part of the, like they are members of the hostel. And okay, so, so, so in order for people not to, you know, so they had to go put their backs up on the, the wall. What kind of society is I have this? Been, I have been to parties where all you basically need to do is just stand. Then some guy who just grab you to your back and he's like, Grouping and everything, and you're like, who are you? He's like, why are you on the dance floor if you're not going to dance? But I'm um, burning up the firewood. Men will be men. That is still the they same thing that they will say. It's very irritating when people always say things like, like men will be men. Burning up the firewood is the one I used to hear. That how how you be flooding your body like that?
I'll admit, I got a bit emotional during that talk. It actually went on for more than an hour and a half. So what can we do to make the world a safer, more comfortable place? First, for me, is to understand that rape is caused by rapists. Not the way you're dressed, not the time of the day that you're out, not your attitude. And we need to stop making excuses for attackers. Second, we need to teach our boys what is appropriate and what is not. Same goes for girls. I mean, harassment, of course, to both genders. But even though majority of the situations that I've heard and going through what I've experienced, the people who really do need this orientation and, you know, education is the men, especially in Nigeria. It is not okay to talk to a woman inappropriately. We do need to be respected. We're not just sexual objects. So thank you so much for listening to the end. If you have any comments, send them to the Spoken World Podcast at gmail.com. If you love this episode, please, please leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. And we at the Spoken World are working to deliver high quality content. So support us. Join a tier on our Patreon page. Till next time, this is your host, Hua from Nigeria. <laughs>